It's another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Mirage. In English, we call the number zero, nil, naught, nada, zilch. With three years 0% APR representative finance, plus three years free servicing on a new Mirage, we just call that a great deal. Wants a word. So here's the thing, Kev. Can, can we start uh, with this? Um, uh, if you think Dennis Norden, I'm or, thinking or Dennis the, Norden. Or, well, Dennis Norden now, Griffiths Jones brackets. Yeah. How the hell did that happen? But think of a radio version of that. A radio version of It'll Be Alright on the Night, sort of. That, yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. So um, somebody sent me some stuff, and you never know where you know what is real and what did happen and what didn't actually happen. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, think, if you like, outtakes and stuff that shouldn't have been on air. And this is a peach. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> this, are, you, are you ready, Andre? Police investigating how a woman suffered serious burns during an incident in the northwest this afternoon, 2.10pm, police and paramedics called to a home at Rouse Hill on Greensboro Avenue. They found a woman in her 30s with burns. She's been airlifted to hospital in a serious condition. Her husband, also aged in his 30s, has been taken to hospital with minor burns. And he suffered those burns while attempting to help his wife. There's no detail on why they were burned or what burned them. Police from the Hills local area command have established a crime scene and then they're in the early stages of determining the exact circumstances surrounding that incident. Now... This girl is on fire! This girl is on fire! Did that happen? I, I suppose it must have done. But when you're in the studio, you can see the next track. You can see, you, you know what's kind of lined up, and you would know instinctively, like, let's not, yeah. There is a certain, there's a, I tell <laughs> no, you I was what, just thinking of you sitting there banging out the hits on LBC. I don't think that happens. Not in the same way. It's a disconnect. You're thinking about, oh, that's a sad story. Now I'm getting on with the rest of the show. Mm. And you don't even think that when you press the button, it's going to be something like, uh, like that. Yes, it is that, Kev. You're right. But we've never made those kind of mistakes. Our mistakes are there for all to see all the time. <laughs> yes. Once a week for 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes? Yeah, well, give or take. Yeah. It's questions and feedback via social media and Twitter and Facebook and the like. Uh, from Liam, who lives in his van. <laughs> I don't think we need to hear what he's got I to say. I love the idea that there's a bloke that just listens to us in a van. I, he must park outside, like... McDonald's and use their Wi-Fi then for downloading it. Well, that's well, true. I'm thinking about this practically. Of course he doesn't live in his f***ing van. Well, he might live in his van, but he might just download us... He might listen to us in instalments so that it spans the week. <laughs> I suppose he might. Do. Unless it's a van that's a work van, like it could be a burger van. Right, well, right, okay. But let's say, let's say Liam does, in fact, live in his van. Mm. The practicalities of that. You need somewhere to sleep easy, right? Yeah. Somewhere to... Unless, of course, it's a, like a uh, mobile home type van, in which case this is all 
irrelevant. But assuming it isn't, assuming it's like a transit, sleeping is fine. You know, keeping his clothes and his bits and pieces, that's all yeah. fine, right? That's not a problem for Liam. Liam's, Liam's got all those bases covered. Cooking, a bit difficult. You could nip to Argos, though, and get, like, a tabletop stove thing, plug it into the car's battery hole. Because you don't call them cigarette lighters anymore, because you don't have them. Like, no, battery right. holes. Battery holes. Well, let me ask you this. Where does he go to take a shit? In the tutorium, I'd imagine. What, do vans have those? Is it kept with a spare wheel? Funny you say that, because the other day I went to get a, uh, a tasty burger from one of those vans parked <laughs> on the lay-by thing. And I'd been there before. It's a Polish guy. Right. And it was a bit of a chilly day. Turned out, he went, all right. I went, yeah. I went, how are you doing? You And he just out of nowhere went, f***ing <laughs> freezing. And I said, okay. He went, do you know why? <laughs> he said, someone's nicked me floor. <laughs> And he said, come and have a look at this. And you know, there's a little side door, isn't there? Yeah. He was standing on a plank of wood because his floor had been stolen. What? So someone had nicked the uh-huh. tin or uh, support system or whatever the floor was made of. I don't know what value there is in a hot dog trailer van floor. Right. But someone had half-inched it. He was not a happy pole. But no. I still got my burger, so... Maybe we should have a little whip round. Maybe. Liam, who appears to be completely sane, says... I'd like to buy a gorilla. <laughs> How do I go about this? Ah, oh, well, I'm, I'm the man who've investigated your simian purchase. Yeah? Yeah, you can't, frankly. You must be able to buy a gorilla. Well, you can't just buy a gorilla. I mean, you've got to satisfy various criteria with the zoological societies, the various authorities, including your local authority, not to mention all manner of other veterinary procedures that would have to take place before you could even begin the purchase of said beast. Even if you went small monkey-bound, and some do, uh, they go spider, some try chimp, don't go chimp, they'll have your freaking face off. Yes. But if you want to go spider or marmoset, then... Give it a go, but frankly, it's just not kind to the little fellas. I suppose I mean, so. a, you know, a monkey is meant to live in the jungle. Right, but let not me ask- in Leicestershire. No, or more specifically, in a van with Liam. With Liam, <laughs> That's not going to go well. Particularly with no floor. No. It'll just escape. So uh, good luck, Liam. Let's know how that goes. Yeah. Or Camden, for that matter. Now, let's forget Leicester. Let's go Camden-bound. Okay. Because Camden is the place... Well, Camden's the place where I once walked... For those who don't know Camden, it's a (laughs) hole in North London. (laughs) And it's the place that I walked off the tube train and saw a man with a a llama on a lead. Yeah. Uh, That shocked me. But it's also the place famous for a man with a cat on his shoulder and a bloke that walks with a chameleon on a lead. Are you sure it was a llama? They're not an alpaca. Uh, is there much of a difference? Oh, you can tell by the ears. What do you mean you can tell? Like you know that. You can tell by the like ears. Like you know that. You can tell by the ears and the legs. Look it up. You think that would be less shocking to me? Oh, for, for a moment, I thought I saw a weird sight. But thank <laughs> f- it wasn't a llama. It was an alpaca after all. Silly me. No, but my point is you have to be right about, you know, which variety of beast. You... When you're filling in the paperwork, you Yeah. Know. Nelly, the yellow belly from Berry. <laughs> Awesome. Not sure why I feel compelled to ask you two fools this, but we had a discussion which turned into a row about what the best old school Disney movie is. I said The Rescuers, but was laughed off as it apparently isn't old school Disney enough. What do you animated pairs say? We should be a cartoon. Well, hang on. <laughs> Didn't they once do like the uh, the Jacksons and the Osmonds years was, ago? Well, back in the summer in the 1980s when television channels had no money. Mm. And I think also when when Sky launched, yep. and they had money but didn't want to spend it on anything, so you'd end up getting weird cartoons like The Jacksons and Fat Albert, yes, and the, uh, things that just weren't on over here. That's correct. So you got to really 
Well, and there were cartoon versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that happened. Right, you can correct me on this. I think there are two. I think there's an original Rescuers, and then there's a new Rescuers. They did. Isn't make, there a Rescuers? Wasn't there a Rescuers down under in or like something? The, the, no, yeah. wasn't there a Rescuers in about nine, like nineteen seventy something or eighty yeah. something? And then there was one in like two thousand. So. Yeah, the Rescuers down under. I think. Okay. It was. All right. So let's establish. That. So maybe that's why it's Nelly, important. Nelly got laughed out of the room because people thought. When Nelly said the rescuers, they thought she meant the new rescuers, and she was talking about the old ones, although why she didn't defend herself with that remark, I have no idea. Um, let's put that aside. Uh, best old-school Disney movie. <sighs> I don't like any of them. What do you mean you don't like it? Hell doesn't like What are you, just a miserable, morose no. child? Uh, as a kid? No. I never liked them. I never really got into them. I, I think they were always a bit too maudlin. I probably... I've never really thought about this, but I'll probably share a little bit of that with you in the sense that there was a bit of a pressure to like them, um, and there's still a pressure to like them. And it was only <laughs> the other day I realised that it's either Snow White or Sleeping Beauty. I think I think Snow White is the oldest, and I think it was made in something like 1936. Right. So it's coming, coming up for like 100 years old, 80 years old or whatever. Incredibly old stuff, and it, I, I don't deny how clever that is, that some you know, bloke with a pad and men... With pads and pens, drew this stuff. That was uh, a men with pads and pens. That was a it's an old song from you know. How did that one go? <laughs> it was an, uh, yeah. <laughs> and at number one this week. <laughs> men with pads and pens. Men with pads and pens. When will it ever end? <laughs> but I suppose if I had to pick one out, it might be the Jungle Book. Probably, although, although Mowgli annoyed me. They all annoyed me. He was a. It's a Yeah, you know they're doing a live-action Jungle Book. The um, Shere Khan is, um, what's his name, uh, from Luther? Uh, Idris Elba? Yeah. Really? He's in it, yeah. Hang on, isn't this the guy, wasn't this the part originally played by Peter Eustinoff? As oh, probably. A voice? Yeah. A lot of those Disney voices were British, weren't they? Which was kind of curious, really. Mm. In, all, in, in many of those films, there was a lot of British stuff. But then much of it did have a kind of a... I'm thinking of Mary Poppins. I mean, there was a lot of that London stuff going on. I think the you know, the 101 Dalmatians set in London, I think, and the Aristocats, I'm not sure. Lady and the Tramp, there was a bit of Paris, wasn't it, maybe? I don't Probably. know. But, yeah, there seemed to be a lot of Brit voices used on all of those. But Robin Hood is another classic example. It's all, all British, of course. A lot of these are British fables and nursery rhymes brought to life, so it stands to reason. Anyway, I was always a bigger fan of uh, the Warner Brothers cartoons, anyway. Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, stuff like that. That was funny. I had bites. This is proper animation for, you know, jokes and, mm. and gags and explosions and slapstick. Why do Not everyone they? being nice to each other in the jungle. Why do they not do Roadrunner the musical? The musical? <laughs> yes. How would that work? I don't know. I suppose you could. I like the idea of a man on some kind of gondola just going, Can you tell me when you might re love me? Meet me. <laughs> From Captain Crunk and Imitation Crab. I like that and I get the reference. And on Twitter, if somebody could tell me what that's a reference to, they will win a prize, and I mean that, because that's that's good. Right, it's SpongeBob. No. Oh. No. They say, I'd love a live show update, but more importantly, I'd love a road trip update. <gasps> Any chance? Yeah. Go on, then. Listen next week. Next week? Yeah, proper road trip data next week. Ah. Yeah. From Mac the Macker. Is blowing one's nose in public a very bad thing to do? My girlfriend, who incidentally drives a Mitsubishi... <laughs> Hooray! Shogun... <laughs> 
says yes. But I always blow away like a damn bugle. What's it to be? Well, it dep- you see, I don't, um, I don't nose blow anywhere where there's not a mirror. I can't go uh, all nasal-like right. uh, unless there's a mirror there. I just can't do it. Really? Yeah, because I'm always paranoid. I only get snot on my goulash <laughs> on my top lip, so right. I have to have a mirror there. So I wouldn't do it on a uh, in a public place, unless it was really, and I was really full of some kind of flu or something, in which case I shouldn't be in a public place. But there are people who, um, there are people who do that thing of, well, there's no way to say this pleasantly, really, but essentially uh, shove the entire hanky up each nostril and have a right old clear out, which is essentially just picking your nose in public via a handkerchief. Don't do it. It's disgusting. But I think sometimes you have to, don't you? In that you don't have a choice. When you feel ill, the thing that makes it worse is if you can't breathe out your nose. So if you've got, if you can blow your nose or get one of those little sprays and stick that up there, they work a treat, some yeah. of them. Then you feel a lot better, even if you're still feeling bad. So if you're out in public and you're like, you've got your tissue and you're all like, <laughs> then you feel better. Why walk? Time. Why punish yourself just because you don't have access to a big <laughs> mirror? Or better still, why don't you carry a little vanity mirror in your top pocket? But then you're not ill off. Not often. Well, I've got a bit of a headache now. Really? People knew what time. Oh, we did that last week. Yeah, it's probably talking to me. <laughs> From Neil, Defender of Earth. How do I tell my best mate that he's really shit at hiding his bald spot? He's got a 21st century shit comb over, like a hipster Bobby Charlton. You see that footage from the 70s, a lot of old blokes, you know, particularly it seems, you know, from the world of sport and yeah. the like, who seem to think of the comb over was, was all right, so I don't know. We, we're all right in the hair department, aren't we? We're doing okay. Yeah. yeah. So far, so good. It's not gone. No, but then we're only in our mid-twenties, so, so you know, yeah, who knows what could true. happen. Who knows, ne- next year it could just disappear, couldn't it? No, <laughs> don't. Next year, oh, just vroomph. Like it's on a string. But I think the point is, he wants to tell his mate without hurting his feelings. I don't think you can. I think you just got to say, like, you know, you couldn't get sort of two other mates and stand next to him and say, right, okay, whoever thinks their hair looks good, take one step forward. <laughs> Where the f*** do you think you're going, Jim? <laughs> you couldn't do that and then have the conversation. But I would imagine, depending on who you are and the shape of your head, it would be quite difficult for some people if you think you're losing it. I, I've got a ridiculously shaped head. I'm only that the good Lord and the laws of nature, whichever you choose to believe, uh, gave me all of this hair on my head. Yes. And zero chance of losing it on the basis that I, I have a shape. Frankly, I would look like some kind of pest <laughs> if I had no hair. I'd look, I would. I, I'd look like I belonged in a 1933 movie. So instead, to cover up your freakish head, you have this preposterous pompadour going on. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's what's happened. From Cool as a Cue Ball from the set of the Scooby-Doo musical, Paul Daniels, Dynamo, Copperfield, Brown, who was or is the greatest? Daniels, Dynamo, Copperfield and who? Brown. Well, I reckon of... So it's about who's the greatest magician? Yeah. So Brown as in... Darren Brown. No, as in Errol Brown from Hot Chocolate. It started with a key. Oh, stop that! Well, Errol Brown's a shit magician. <laughs> he does believe in miracles, though. Oh. They're all good magicians. That's the reality of that. They're well, all, they're all yes. stunning magicians. But Paul Daniels has sort of fallen into this trap of people thinking, um, oh, well, you know, he's, he's a bit of a sort of TV joke, despite the fact that he was... And, and is an incredibly talented sleight-of-hand magician. Yeah. The card tricks and so on, which are actually, it has to be said, don't tend to look great on TV when you're sitting at a table 
doing them with members of the studio audience before Hans Moretti gets in a metal <laughs> ball Moretti. and goes down a slide <laughs> into a pool of acid or whatever he used to do. I would say there's nothing Dynamo can do that Daniels probably couldn't do. The only oh, I don't know about that. Because I, I think... Well, well, I think your the Dynamo... The now would be rheumatism, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. But I think your Dynamo is much more about... Uh, I mean, he can do this, the small stuff, but he's more, much more about the astonishing spectacle. Whereas Daniels is much more about, aren't I clever? I read your minds in a clever way mm. with my card. Yes, that's true. But I mean, in terms of if you sat Dynamo down at a table with a deck of cards and some dice and a bottle, <laughs> and you did the same to Daniels, I think they could. But they'd both be capable of doing the same trick to equal levels of impressiveness. In fact, Darren Brown just does that great mind stuff, which does blow me away because you can't really can't fathom it out because often yeah. there's no tangible object involved. There's just really... Well, he's a know. wizard, isn't he? Well, he is a wizard. You know, that whole thing of, you know, what's your pin number and him writing it down. I just don't get that. Anyway, Copperfield, David Copperfield, I would say, and someone is bound to say, oh, no, he can do all the sleight of hand stuff as well. But and he just does big arse <laughs> and I don't really like that very much. No. He really is still soaring folk in half. <laughs> get over it, David. You'll never make a serial killer as long as you've got a hole in your assistant's waist. Yeah. Which is kind of extraordinary, because Three of a Kind was a terrible programme. Awful. It's never re-shown, is it? No, because it was awful. Because it wasn't very funny. Gag facts. And finally, Esther, from Ben Kingsley's used Gandhi loincloth. Weirdly, Three of a Kind did a very... That's one thing they did that was funny, the handy-bendy Gandhi gag. We mentioned they that before. did, yes. Ben Loincloth says, Anyone know anyone who ever had a letter read out on points of view? I don't, <laughs> but I'm not very popular. I bet Kev thinks Barry Took wrote all the letters himself. See also, blankety-blank checkbook and pen, and Tony Hart from last week. I watched Points of View the other day. And Is it's, it still on? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's on. Uh, there's another, there's a news Points of View that's on the news channel. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's where people talk about, you know, news coverage and... Points of news would be obvious. Well, yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. But there is always somebody who will mention something that you frankly can't quite believe and you think in any other world the person that wrote that would be machine gunned yeah against a, a wall in a public place for nothing more than the entertainment of the rest of us so i wonder whether the bbc know this secretly why oh why oh why now would you continue to show the same shot of a man from the same angle have the bbc run out of cameramen as you've seen it recently, can you tell me, do the... Because they used to have the actors reading the letters, didn't they? Yeah. And then they s decided to get people on the phone reading out their own letter, which seems like a terrible waste of the licence fee. Someone's already written to you. Let Terry read it out. That's what he's paid for. Yeah, the old... You know that, someone repeating the themselves, phoning... Oh, what, do you want them to email yeah. as well? Maybe tweet the thing? Ridiculous. I think Jeremy Vine presents it now. Does he? I think so. But in answer to the question, no, I don't think Barry Took sat and wrote all the letters. I think Tony Hart wrote them with Morph and Mr. Bennett. Uh, if you've got any questions you'd like to send to uh, me or Kev, uh, simply kev at onceaword.com, ian at onceaword.com, just send them through. And we will stick them on the list, but we get loads of them, as you know, because last week we did a special just based on your questions. Yeah. That's how many we get. So it might not get read out the next episode. It could be the next year or yeah. even the next decade. Or in once a word, the next generation, when uh, we're replaced by... Other people. Ah! 
Man alive, it's back. Here we go. These may well be microscopic in their significance, but these are those small moments in life that hurt your cranial department, the tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into a bamboozled bout of sheer frustration. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. They don't really matter, but they sort of do. Kev, have you got one? I have two. Mumford and Sons. The carpet fitters. That's them. 22 The High Street. Just opposite the cinema. Uh, Mumford and Sons. Now, it's actually not so much them, because they're okay. But my problem is with people who have turned against them, who are sort of like, oh, they've never been good, they've never been this. I guarantee you, if Mumford and Sons were an undiscovered band on an indie record label, there would be a section of the audience, the same people who are saying how terrible they are, would be saying... Oh, aren't they wonderful? Why haven't they got a major deal? They should be really, really big. R.E.M. went through this as well. People who listened to R.E.M. before anybody had heard of R.E.M. say yeah. the same thing about R.E.M. So they used to listen to R.E.M. I knew a girl who loved R.E.M. She, they, they'd recorded about half a dozen albums they before had, anybody yeah, had heard true. of them. And uh, she absolutely loved them until everybody else heard of them. And then she completely hated it and decided she didn't like them. And, of course, the reality... I'm not a huge uh, R.E.M. Uh, buff, but, you know, you don't take away the success of a band like that. And... They probably recorded their best stuff, you know, once they were discovered. But the, of course, the diehards, and I think with the sort of uh, fo- what do you call folk followers, folk botherers that uh, <laughs> folk botherers, folk botherers yeah. uh, uh, of the Mumford variety, would would probably say the same thing. I bet you there's a clique and a cult that followed them before they uh, won awards and stuff. Yeah, but it just seems that it, uh, popularity. Yeah. Equals rejection by old fans. I tell you, somebody that really got that, not quite in the same, I didn't think, the same level of credibility. Um, Reynolds Girls? No, Jack Johnson. Because a lot of travellers loved Jack Johnson. Okay. He was, you know, apparently part, it was an old CD, you know, you heard this guy's brilliant, he's an old traveller himself, you know. Not really, but... You mean travellers like camping out in a field with... No, I mean, people who go to Bangkok. Oh, okay. And, yeah, oh, backpackers. You, okay, yeah. right. Backpackers. Yeah. Yeah, he was... <laughs> well, I had to ask. He needed some clarity. Talking about <laughs> step toe and son. <laughs> Maybe. And it was the same thing, you know, so people would pass old sort of scratched up CDs with marker pen written on the, you know... Right. ...side, and they were copied and... Yeah. And everybody seemed to love it, and I remember lots of people going, oh, God, you know, we, we were following him ages ago. Yeah, you don't own him! He's a singer that got a bigger deal. Yeah. What was he meant to say? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'd like to uh, I'd like to take that ten million pound deal, but unfortunately, there's some hairy ass hippies down India way from Luton that like my work. Is he Dutch? <laughs> yes. My other one is Chutney. I don't understand what it's supposed to be. I don't know what it is. It's not a pickle. Not a jam. You can't. Well, you you could put it in a sandwich, but not really, uh, because sometimes it doesn't work. You've got it in a jar. You can't dip cheese or crisps into it. You could spread it on a cracker, I suppose, but then you can make chutney from anything. Mm. Anything you've got lying around, you could eat like a rhubarb chutney or an apple chutney or a bit of potato chutney, maybe. Potato. Potato. You can make it from anything. Can you? Yes. Hey, what family? That's what I'm asking. Well, what, where, where's the chutney family? It's from the chutney sector. Yeah, but, but, but is it? I, I always think of chutney being a jam. It, well, that's the thing. Is it a jam or is it a pickle? You get a potato jam. <laughs> that's like having fish wine <laughs> or that's... liquid lamb chops. Here's one. This 
really does my nutting. And I've no idea how anyone gets away with this, but you can't argue with the companies involved because they're too big. Right. But the fact that you can't have your direct debits come out on the day you want them to come out. Yes. So the councils, with your council tax, they usually insist it's, you know, sorry, it's the first of every month. That's all it can be. Sometimes they give you a choice of two. It's the first or the 15th or something. Yeah. I might want the second. I might want the fifth. I might want the 19th. Depends when you get paid. Do, well, yeah, there's all of that. You should, and then, uh, really strange things with um, the, fo- the mobile phone company. You know, it took X amount of days. So theirs was an extraordinary situation where instead of it taking two days, theirs took four days. So you had to request it out four days before it should come out in order to get it out on the day that you wanted it to come out. Right. And I eventually managed to go through this mathematical conundrum the likes of which Vorderman couldn't have solved very quickly. And eventually we came to the conclusion, having worked it all out, you know, I'm sitting there on the phone, I've got, you know, marker pen numbers written on the palm of my hand trying to work out this day. Take two from seven, two from divide it by three, take away the first date of the month. Oh, you can't do that because that's, that's a short month. So, And eventually me and this bloke at a call centre somewhere uh, stumbled upon the idea that I had to set up my direct debit for the 24th of every month in order for it to come out on the first of every month because of the extraordinary way that the phone company work their system. Only to get an email three days later saying, Dear customer, we've changed the way we're doing our direct debits. Oh, man. So, f*** <laughs> off, the damn lot of you. I wanted them all at the same time. It used to be, like, the 20th. I thought, I'll get them all on the first. They never all come out. So you've got to sort of settle no. for the fact that you've got one erroneous direct debit that comes out on a totally different day. Mike Gunn, comedian Mike Gunn. Oh, says, he's very good. He's great. He says, getting five tickets for one train journey. I'm with him on that. You go to that pesky machine and you wait and you wait and it prints one and it makes a sort of funny noise where you think there's maybe a man in there pressing a sound effects machine and it prints out your return journey. It takes another couple of minutes for that and then out comes the receipt as well. Yeah. What the hell? What the hell? Just print me one. It used to be one. I'm sure it did. It did used to be one. Yeah. But then people insisted on having... Receipts and things for for tax avoidance yeah, purposes. But even if you had a receipt, I mean, let's not get on to the people giving you receipts for a cup of coffee and a sausage roll. And ah, stuff. no, but have you noticed? Lots of people say, "Do you need your receipt now?" I don't know if it's a London thing, but you sort of go, oh, "Do you, if you pay for something on Some- a card and it's under a tenner, they'll say, "Do you need a receipt?" Yeah, and be like, well, it just clogs up my pocket. That's true, but a lot of the coffee places and the burger places will give it to you, whether you want it or not. And, of course, they always do that thing of throwing it on your hand so all the change falls off the receipt. Anyway, but the train thing, yeah. I mean, if you have to give a receipt, fine, but why do you need two tickets for two separate Just have one ticket, a return ticket that's valid for both ways. You've got... It's nothing to do with loss. You've got as much chance of losing that as you have one of your other parts. Well, given that you could buy... Travel cards in London, which are valid on all forms of tra- public transport, and it's one ticket, and it's there and back, and so on. You're absolutely right. There's no reason why you couldn't do it on one ticket, and it would save the environment. Get on it, train companies. Jacko says the amount of people I've seen out in shorts and shirts this week. Mm. It's nice out there, but it ain't baking, you silly. Quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, it's the, sa- the same two guys. <laughs> We said this last summer. Same two guys. The, the same two guys, scrawny, pale, bad tattoos. Yep. First guys to get their shirts off Every and wander time. around the town centre with a can of red. Or ball. you're just driving along a kind of dual carriageway for some reason, just on the side where most people don't usually walk. Are these same two herbs walking back from somewhere? Yeah. Where have they been? Yeah. Where are they going? And the irony, of course, is that everybody decided it was going to be summer. I was on a train 
uh, the other Sunday when it, it was the first day that it kind of the first and only day that it was really quite nice. Hmm. And they've watched too much Towie. There's a guy organising a beach party almost. It's <laughs> twelve degrees, you yeah. daft bastard. <laughs> and he's got his Bermuda shorts. He's got his sunglasses, and he's going, "Yeah, meet us down by the Thames, right? There's a little beach area down there. We're just going to get some beers and chill down there." So like, yeah, you sit down there, mate. You will be freezing. It's in the shade. You will be royally cold. And that's what happened. <laughs> then, of course, the next couple of days, what happened? It didn't just turn the other way. It actually became freezing. I think it's the Great British sense of wishful thinking. It could be that, couldn't it? I think it's that. This comes. Uh, from Sally McNamara, who says, wet bathroom floors. Ah! Fair dues. They are horrible. That's why you got mats, though. Yeah, but you always get a bit somewhere else, don't you? Well, not if you're careful. Well, you might as well carpet the place, then. Have you got a carpeted bathroom? No. Or bathrooms? <laughs> yes, I have seven. One in each turret. This comes from Paul Allen, who says, uh, the checkout person says, do you need any help packing when you've only got three or four items? This comes from Steve Richards, who says ads that say things are two times better, not twice as good, uh, or those that offer free salad when they're not. It's just included in the price. Yeah. They do that a lot, don't they? Tom Williams says, uh, when you walk around the corner, see a bus that you want pulling away. It's never nice. Sheriff Mitchell. The beer man. Yes, says. Anyone with the odious warning, it's the wife ringtone. Set your phone to silent and f*** <laughs> <laughs> This is a good one. This Samuel says, I like this. He says, there's a lot of people out there saying the Ukraine at the moment. It's Ukraine. Just Ukraine. Why are they doing this? Why? <laughs> well, here's a, it's a good question because did it used to be the Ukraine and became Ukraine? Or were there just more people who used to say the Ukraine but they've always been wrong? And it's only now that people have realised how wrong they were. So now most people say Ukraine, but some people didn't adhere to the new way of saying it, which was always the right way of saying it. And in fact, there was only really one way of saying it, which was Ukraine, but they were just away on their holidays when everybody got the letter. That's a great question, and I know exactly who to ask about this. I'm going to ask our Russian expert. Oh, yeah. Andre, get Sean Connery on the phone! I saw The Hunt for Red October. Ojanikabolikov. <laughs> Thank you, Russ Abbott, for that. <laughs> Dave says, People who think a fairly large suitcase qualifies as cabin luggage. Good call. Very. Good call. What is that about? Well, we're not trying to do this, trying to avoid loading up their suitcases and overshooting their, their weight. But i am it's quite staggering how much some places do let you get away with, although they're addressing it. But they make you stick them in a cage now, don't they? To Before measure you it, plane. yes. Yeah. You yeah, do see some people cramming it in the... Look, it does fit. Yeah, so bouncing yeah. their child on it just to cram it in. Putting their child in the suitcase in... That's... Yeah, yeah or wrong. putting your child in the luggage hall. Don't get any idea. Don't do that. Uh, Michael Rowan says, people who put used matches back in the matchbox. It's a disgusting habit. Do they? Yes, loads of people do that. Who uses matches these days? Right, except for stoves. Use... Yeah, I mean... It's... Campfires. If you are Bryant and May or Swan Vester or something, you probably... I, I don't imagine, unless some um, business person... Andre, get us Robert Peston on the phone. He says what? <laughs> because everyone has those automatic lighters, so if you've got a barbecue yep. or a fire, you, yep. you just buy one of those things that you get in Tesco for a quid that lights everything. Well, not everything. That would be pyromania. Arts. <laughs> Stick one of those up your arse, you know all about it. <laughs> Andre! No, no, no. no. If you've got any roundabouts for rational notes, we'll do another one of those in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you. 
And you know, I like to flatter you. I mean, your taste is obviously impeccable, and you know what you want from life, which is exactly why you should be driving a Mitsubishi Shogun. And the good news is, you can now save up to five thousand pounds on this ultimate 4x4 with prices starting from just 26199 and 0% finance available across the range you've just got to check it out for yourself pop by mitsubishi-cars.co.uk/shogun for some very special offers shogun always capable surprisingly affordable what have we got here kev it's time for the band list band this week, number plates. The huge surge in interest in personalised number plates over the last decade has meant that the recent 63 plate and the fresh off the shelf 14 plates have been welcomed like bilio by fans of driving round with rude words written on your motor. Unfortunately for these clowns, the clowns at the DVLA have pulled out their big band stamp and stamped all over the applications for rude names on number plates. And ban the rudest of them. I like it. I like it. Why do they sell them in the first place? Well, you can make them up, can't you? You can go and you can say, I would like this following combination, and you can apply for it. Right, but it has to be a legit number, doesn't it? You oh, can't it does. Just choose a number. It does. Some I mean, people make them up by adding bolts and nuts and things. Exactly. But it turns yeah. out that your 63 plate and your 14 plate are very much easy to look at in particular ways. Okay. For example, the All 63 right. plates. Yep. The numbers 6 and 3 together apparently look a bit like a G, capital G, or a capital B. Okay. Grab a pen and paper, folks, and play along, because this is how this is going to work. Right. So, this is a number plate the DVLA have banned. Yep. OR63. OR. Yep. ASM. Orgasm. Well done, sir. Congratulations. They've banned that. Yeah, they banned it. Really? On account of it being a bit rude. Well, the trouble is, it doesn't say that at all, does it? It doesn't say orgasm. No, it but It says, or 63 ASM. But if you squinted your eyes at it, or had a bolt in the right place... Well, so the 6 is the G. Yeah. But the three's surplus. Well, that doesn't matter in this. It may be surplus, but... Well, that's, that's why it's... But that's why private number plates are I'm bollocks. not the f***ing DVLA! You I'm should tell the you DVLA! I'm telling you that, that I'm having a go at the asses that think they can make these things fit. And people go, look, it says Gary. It's like, no, it doesn't. It says G41289. OM. OM. 63. Yep. WTF. I think I'm there already. BU. Well, hang on. You don't have to do all of them. It's just if you get it, you get it. You don't have to say what it is. It's not a quiz. It's not the shoebox. Well, I don't have to answer that. Well, you know, I think it's obvious, isn't it? It's oh my god, what the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. B U yep. six three yep. G E R. Shall we have a go at this? If you can. Bugger. Bugger. What is it with the six and the three meaning a G? I just, it's annoying if me. You squint your eyes in the right light with sunglasses on, facing the other way. It looks like that. Okay. H U six three N O B. Hug knob. <laughs> Huge knob. Well done. Hey. You're actually using the three there. Yeah, they're using the three for the first time. Now, the 14 plate, which is out right now, okay. uh, it's also a bit of a problem, as the mm. one and four can apparently be read as a capital I or an A. For example, PR... PR... One four... Yep. CCK... Prick. <laughs> like it. Yep. SH... Yep. One, one four... <laughs> yes. T... 
T-T-Y. Hey, I like it. Next. S-K. S-K. One four. One four. N-K-Y. N-K-Y. Skinky. <laughs> Skunky. Skanky. Why would they ban Skanky? <laughs> Why? SL 14AGS. Sluggy. <laughs> That's right. Correct. Thank you. Although, personally, I just think it's a load of old B0110XX. That is so fing banned. Credit stream. And there you go. We declare this podcast well and truly closed. We are, of course, back. In seven days. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, get over to iTunes to rate, review and subscribe. Android people can try us on the free Stitcher app or download stitcher.com slash once a word. Thank you to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter. The intro feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod. His website is in Computech.com. Remember, seven days from now is when you need to set your clock because that is when we are back with more entertainment. Damn it. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! It's another Ian Collins Once a Word Fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. The new car smell is composed of 50 different elements. The new Mitsubishi ASX smells lovely and is yours from just £14,999. That's nothing to sniff at. Yum, 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 yum. Ah, very unique.